Hello and welcome to the Sacred City Life Podcast. This is your host, Pastor Justin Dean. This podcast is all about helping you follow Jesus in the everyday, normal rhythms of life. And I've got three gentlemen on the podcast with me today. Guys, would you introduce yourselves? How's it going, Alex? Take Sacred City Youth Director. Sam Schmidt, Pastor at Sacred City Moline. Kevin Kenor, Biblical Counselor. All right. Well, we are continuing our series on the kingdom of the cults. We've gotten some requests from our listeners. And so we're going to be talking about a couple more of those things. We'll probably just do one this podcast and one on the next podcast. And one of the ones we're going to talk about right now is called the prosperity gospel. Now, this cult, we're going to call it a cult. Um, We're calling it a cult, again, even though maybe in its traditional sense, we wouldn't say it is a cult, but we would say it's heretical teaching. It's teaching that twists scripture and goes against scripture. But in its most egregious forms, it turns churches basically into cults. Yeah. And so that's why we're going we're gonna to talk about it. Now, just to let everybody know, all the listeners know, I have intimate knowledge of this cult and the prosperity gospel because it was um, basically what I was, kind of what I came to faith in. Mm. I came to faith in a prosperity gospel church, and then I and I came to believe in the prosperity gospel. I was discipled in the prosperity gospel. I became, you know, all in to the prosperity gospel when I was early, probably when I was about twenty years old or something, reading all the the the, the key teachers. And, um, man, it, it was, uh, so I've got intimate knowledge. I've been, uh, in the room on the stage with many mm-hmm. leading prosperity gospel teachers. I've read the majority of their books. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've got a lot of kind of intimate knowledge in this world and it is a false teaching that really permeate, permeates the quad cities. Mm-hmm. It permeates, um, large swaths of Christianity, it has affected, I mean, millions of people in the United States, and it has spread to Kenya, where if a person says they're a Christian in Kenya, there's a pretty good chance they mean they, they believe the prosperity gospel. It's one of the damnable heresies that the United States has outsourced mm. to, to places like Kenya. And we'll, we'll get into why it is attractive to places like Kenya and why they would do that. But um, I'm going to let Kevin go. Kevin did some research on the background, and so I'm going to let Kevin give a little bit of the background of what we call the prosperity gospel. Yeah, so first first and foremost, um, in, in talking about this being functionally a cult or tending to turn into a cult, I've heard you say before, Justin, the more truth that's mixed in with a lie, the more dangerous something is. And so, again, when we're saying that it's not... Um, not a cult in the most traditional sense. We mean that they take, uh, they they basically misinterpret scripture intentionally. So they're not they're not changing the name of God necessarily, but um, yeah, they're they're doing that. Um, one thing I noticed in in studying this, um, <clears throat> it's it's really amazing. The prosperity gospel is centered on, I've heard it called the law of magnetism. Right, um, which is just kind of a new age thought, new thought type of thing. 
basically it says, hey, it's when when you hear somebody talk about good vibes, that's what they're talking about, right? Or yeah. or manifesting. Mm-hmm. The 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 world's picked this up and and you can manifest your destiny. Mm-hmm. You can manif- like envision the future you want to have and then speak it out loud with your words mm-hmm. and you have the power of manifesting dream boards, that kind of stuff. Yeah, you mm-hmm. have the power of manifesting your destiny. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so as as a Christian heresy, it tends to be an outworking of extreme Pentecostalism. Um, so, like you said, you know, the Spirit will bless you for your seeds of faith and things like that. I'm actually going to defer to you guys. Um, I was so, I in its simplest form, it's, I mean, it's been called the name it and claim it mm-hmm. type of movement. Mm. And what it does is it takes Scripture out of its original context especially out of its historical context mm-hmm. that he, you know, and we know, we know we teach the sacred city quite a bit, what we call biblical theology, which is understanding the story of scripture, yeah. right? Well, it completely misses the story of scripture. It doesn't even touch it mm-hmm. and it will find a few verses. Well, there's, there's, there's verses all over the Bible, yeah. but it'll take like one single verse and pull it out of its original context and use it in a way that the original con- it, that does damage to its original context. Like if you read it in context, so I'll just say, if you read the Bible straight through, no one can come to believe the prosperity gospel. So let me just simplify. The, the prosperity gospel believes that God wants all of his people healthy, wealthy, mm-hmm. and prosperous mm-hmm. in this life now. Mm-hmm. And if you do what God says to do, give your money, Name it and claim it. That means quote a scripture, quote scriptures over yourself, speak to yourself um, that you can keep uh, sickness away, you can keep, um, you know, destruction away, and you can, your life will be all and all up and to the right. Yeah. That, that's basically what they teach. And there are, a lot of these folks, so let me just name some of the modern proponents. So Oral Roberts was one of the earliest guys to teach this that got a national following. And he was a great uh, preacher, a public speaker. And I say great, I mean he was a great orator. He did not have good theology, but he, he, was, he could draw a crowd. Mm. He created um, Oral Roberts University, mm. so most of the people know that as ORU. And so most or many of the early proponents of the prosperity gospel went to Oral Roberts. Mm. That's where they went. Now, there's, there's more, um, you know, Pentecostal, really hyper-charismatic colleges that they could go to that taught the same thing. Christ for the Nations was one of them. And I, I can't, you know, mm. down in Pensacola, there was a big one. Um, but you've got guys that like Kenneth Copeland. Mm. Kenneth Copeland is one of the worst he is a full-on cult leader. This guy is um, just a crazy man. And he teaches that if you give money to his ministry, God will make you rich. Mm-hmm. So he'll straight up say, are you sick in your body? You send me a ch- send a check to our ministry for $1,000 and God will heal you right now. Mm-hmm. Even things like I'll send you a prayer cloth and you can put this on your wow. body and God will heal you. Not the blankie. This guy's got um, $100 million jets. Um, he's worth, I mean, he's probably worth a billion dollars. He's probably worth a billion dollars. So then you've got guys that have, that are, 
So then you've got people that come a little bit later. Um, you have a woman preacher named uh, Joyce Meyer. Mm. Now, Joyce Meyer, a lot of ladies might know Joyce Meyer. If you grew up in the 90s or 2000s in Christianity and you went to a Christian bookstore, her books were all over the Christian bookstore mm -hmm. with her face on the cover. And it was all about how to beat stress or how to be healthy or how to be wealthy or how, whatever. Get, basically, to, how to get what you want from God. That, mm. And then you've got people, um, um, Creflo Dollar. Now this one's funny because uh, you know he's got Dollar in his last name, so should have known it. But that Brit. yeah, but uh, Creflo Dollar has has a mega church in Atlanta, and he he teaches this. He's been he's probably one of the I want to say the most biblical of of these guys because he does use a lot of scripture. He just takes it out of context. Now, I've heard recently that he's repented. Mm -hmm. Now, whether it's a full, you know, he's bearing, bearing fruit and keeping with his repentance, I don't know. But I know like last year or the year before, um, after some really, after God had to bring him through some intense suffering, he repented and repudiated the prosperity gospel. Whether he stuck with it, I don't know. Then you've got guys like Benny Hinn. Mm. Benny Hinn, um, he was a prosperity gospel guy, but also a signs and wonders guy. So he was big in doing crusades and, you know, all, if you've ever seen the guy that like knocks people down and they've even made like memes and videos like to like, let the bodies hit the floor. Let the <laughs> just push people and down. he's just knocking people just, down. Wow. Yeah. And, um, Slapping them with holy oil. you know, so he, he's a, a, a modern day proponent of that. Um, yeah, those are some, Jesse Duplantis, Jesse Duplantis is a big one. Jesse Duplantis comes to my mind because, again, another guy with like, you know, $100 million jets and all these kind of things because there's a church in the Quad Cities. I think it's called, I'm going to name them because it's called Race Family Church in the Quad Cities. And this guy is a disciple of Jesse Duplantis. And he, he preaches in the Quad Cities the false gospel of prosperity gospel. Mm. And I say that publicly because I've confronted him personally and privately on these issues and he refuses to repent and repudiate this false gospel. Mm. Um, so this is. So prosperity gospel and mega church are not together, right? These are two separate things, correct? Yeah, this is two separate things, but it's an easy way to build a mega church. Right. Mm. Okay. So they kind of go to, I mean, they don't mm. go together completely. You can, anybody can have a mega church, right? Yep. It's just a mega church just means, I think the mega church is if you've got a thousand people. I can't remember if the, if the numbers change, but mm. if you have a thousand people, that's a mega church. That's just, you know, an insane, insanely large church. Yep. But that brings up the point of the prosperity gospel is a man-centered yes. gospel. Mm -hmm. yep. And it's kind of like a misnomer because... A prosperity gospel is no gospel at all right. because it rests not on God's work for us. It, it, it gives you a new law. So let me just tell you what it looked like for me. And, th and I was taught by Creflo Dollar and these guys to do this. Um, you pick up, you make a list of all of the scriptures that say anything about God will make you the head and not the tail, the first and not the last. Mm -hmm. You take up any scripture about no weapon formed against me shall prosper. You take up any scripture that's got a pot. I can do all things through Christ. Um, you take any scripture that has to deal with wealth or prosperity or anything like that. You make a list of them and then you put them at, you either put them in your car, you put them on your mirror and you, 
and they believe that the power of life and death is in the tongue. Okay, mm. that's a scripture, right? The power mm. of life. But what they mean by that is then I can manifest whatever future, whatever destiny that I want. And so you put all of these scriptures and you quote these scriptures and you memorize these scriptures and you say them over and over to yourself. And then you use the power of life and death in your tongue to bring about what you want. So Lord God, I want this woman to fall in love with me. So Amanda Dean's going to fall in love with me. I'm, say, I'm speaking it right now. You hear people say that. I'm going to speak it right now. I'm going to speak it right now. I'm going to speak life. I am healed in Jesus' name. I am rich in Jesus' name. I am the head and not the tail. I am first and not the last. My business is successful. I'm a millionaire. I'm a billionaire. I'm like, and they do that all the time, like every day. Like I am healed. I am healthy. I am wealthy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, and that's basically kind of how they teach you to manifest your destiny. Now this, like Kevin said, what makes this so dangerous is there, like there is a real sliver of truth in a lot of these things. Mm -hmm. The power of life and death is in our tongue. And the more we speak things and the more we focus on things, obviously what we focus on gets repeated. And many times, if you wake up every day focused on selling more widgets mm -hmm. and you're naming it and you're claiming it and it's in your mind and you're thinking about it, the more you think about it, the probably the harder you're going to work, the mm. more focused on it you're going to become. And so the more likely it is that you're going to actually succeed. Yeah. And so you've got guys like like the fighter Conor McGregor, who, who believes that like he manifested his destiny by believing he was a world champion, by speaking to himself every single day for like a decade, he was a world champion. But obviously then he went in and put in the work in the gym to become the world champion. But he says, you know, I manifested my destiny. And I'm always like, well, yeah, then why can't you manifest another title run? Right. You know, like, why can't you manifest another win? Dana White's like, eh-eh. <laughs> why, why did it only work a couple times, bro? You know, like, why can't you do it again? You know, age catching up with you. Well, yeah. with the power of life and death in the tongue, man, why can't yeah. you do it right now? You think you can give an example because we, we even talk here at our church as speaking the gospel to yourself, mm -hmm. right? So could you give an example of what it would sound like from a prosperity gospel per what we, would, what we would say here about preaching the gospel to yeah. yourself. So like I said, there is a sliver of truth in that. So David teaches us we're to speak to our soul. Mm -hmm. You know, oh, my soul, why are you downcast? Rejoice mm -hmm. in the Lord. Like we are to speak to ourselves. We are to, like, we don't want to just listen to the voices in our head. We want to speak to ourselves, mm -hmm. but we want to, and we want to speak scripture to ourselves, mm -hmm. right? So there is a sliver of truth that we need to do that. We need to remind ourselves that we are loved by God, that we are forgiven by God, that God takes our sins farther from us than the East is from the West. Yeah. We do need it. But here's, I mean, the glaring uh, fly in the ointment for the prosperity gospel is the presence and the promise of suffering in the life of the Christian. All through the scriptures, we see that God promises suffering. Mm -hmm. God leads us through the valley of the shadow of death. God sends his people into Egyptian slavery, right? God sends Daniel into Babylonian captivity where he's going to be persecuted and, and bad stuff's going to happen. He sends Joseph into those bad situations where bad things are going to happen. Jesus says, you will be hated for my, for my namesake. Mm -hmm. They'll, they will persecute you. They'll uh, bring you before the Sanhedrin in courts and say that it's a good thing, you know, like, and we look at the life of Paul. Like, if there is a Christian 
that we should want to emulate, Paul would be the guy. Yeah. And mm-hmm. was Paul's life a healthy and wealthy and prosperous life, right? And in, in, in an earthly sense, we have got to say no. Right. Like there were, there, he's in prison half the time. He's asking people to send, send him his cloak because he's, he, he's so cold while he's in prison that he, he's like, man, bring my, bring my coat with you. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't have what he needs. He, he feels like he doesn't have what he needs in that moment, right? Yeah. We see him snake bitten. We see him shipwrecked. Mm-hmm. We, like if he had a prosperity gospel, he would have despaired. Yeah. He would have walked away from Jesus. But he had a gospel that was true even in the midst of suffering. Because obviously Jesus is glorified, but he's glorified through the cross. Mm. And so for the Christian, our glory comes on the other side of a cross. We are to take up our cross daily and follow Jesus. Yeah. Like for the prosperity gospel, they just glance over that or spiritualize it in some kind of weird way. But taking up your cross means su- you're going to suffer. That's what it means on a day on a day in day out basis. Um, so they would, I mean, they they literally they they think the devil is behind anything bad in your life. Mm-hmm. And of course, we know that the devil does a lot of bad stuff, right? But they would say things like, "That's not God's will." Mm-hmm. Like you being sick is not God's will. Well, in one sense, we know. That's true. It's not God's will that, you know, that it, God doesn't want anyone to be sick, right? In his, in his perfect will, he doesn't want anyone to be, to be sick. But he, because of the presence of sin, God doesn't want anyone to perish. He tells us that. But do people perish? Of course they perish. Of yeah. course they go to hell. And so there is God's, you know, secret will. And then there is God's decorative will, which is not decorate, like don't think decorate, think of decree, what he's decreed. And so those are two separate things. And so mm-hmm. the, they would com- kind of combine those things and say, God doesn't want you to have c- cancer. So you're healed right now in Jesus name. Mm-hmm. And they will say that to him. Mm-hmm. And here's where it gets damnable. Yeah. If you don't get healed, you know whose fault it is? It's not the preacher's fault. Mm-hmm. It's not God's fault. Mm-hmm. It's the person's fault. Mm. They didn't have enough faith. Mm-hmm. That's what they'll say. Mm. Somebody doesn't get out of a wheelchair, you don't have enough faith. Yeah. And it's, I mean, so think about that. You don't get the promotion. You give your $1,000 to their ministry, and then you go bankrupt. It doesn't go well for you financially. Your marriage breaks up. Something bad happens. And you go to church, and the pastor says, you didn't have enough faith. Mm-hmm. Wow. And it's, it's awful. And obviously, it also disguises greed in the heart of a pastor. Yep. Because these guys, they're driving around in Bentleys. Wow. They've got their private planes. They've got, you know, 30,000-foot mansions. And they're looking at everybody else and saying, oh, you just don't have enough faith. Yep. If you had more faith, you'd be rich like me. Yeah. Mm. I think one thing, too, you're talking about what's the difference between preaching the gospel yourself and some of this manifest declaring. It's, it's what you're treasuring or what your ultimate aim is. When, when we're gospeling ourselves and speaking the gospel to ourselves, it's so that I would treasure Christ, that I would ultimately my eyes would be fixed on God and what he has done, that he is, he is the greatest. Mm-hmm. He's not only the source of blessing, but he himself is blessing, where prosperity gospel oftentimes looks downstream 
um, or maybe over God to focus on the blessings that God gives. Mm-hmm. Um, and I happened to, I, I posted this on social media earlier this week, but I was reading one of Calvin's commentaries. He says that for when we glory that God is ours, whatever blessings can be imagined or wish ensue and flow from this fountain. For God is not only the chief of all good things, but also possesses in himself the sum and substance of all blessings, and he becomes ours through Christ. And so the gospel puts us, orients us towards God. Um, he's our delight. He's our treasure. Whereas prosperity gospel, it, it looks past God to get to the other blessings that flow downstream. Yeah, yeah that's good. Yeah, and we're told in scripture to beware of the deceitfulness of riches. Mm-hmm. And that many have, you know, we're, we're, we're said the love of money is the <clears throat> um, beginning of all evil or the root yeah. of all evil, right? And many in pursuing money have fallen away into diverse temptations yeah. and fallen away from the faith, mm-hmm. right? So Jesus warns us about the deceitfulness of riches, of wealth, of success, because those things have a way of blinding us to the ultimate riches that is actually found in Christ, Mm, right? And in God himself. Well, prosperity preachers, I mean, literally just, oh yeah, don't worry about that. Don't Mm. worry about that. You're a king's kid. That's Mm. the kind of stuff they say. You're a king's kid. Your daddy owns a a cattle on a thousand hills, Mm -hmm. right? Ask him, he'll give it to you. He wants his kids. This is their, this is the way they get it. Nobody in the world's going to want to come to Jesus if everybody's broke. Mm. So he wants you to be healthy. He wants you to be wealthy. So people look at you and they go, man, I want what he's got. Mm. Well, there's a slice of truth in that. You're meant to see what I've got, which is Christ, mm. who is my all in all. Mm. And I have the fruit of the spirit and I have a godly family, right? And I'm lo- love- living my life for Christ. And you're meant to want what I got, Christ. You're not meant to look at my Bentley and go, how'd you get that? And I tell you, Jesus gave me that. And you go, well, I want Jesus, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you, you, no, could, you don't what? want Jesus, you just want a Bentley. That's yeah, it. that's it. I'll use anything to get my God. Mm-hmm. If riches is my God, I will use yeah. Jesus mm-hmm. to get my God. And that's what it is. It's using God to get my real treasure. Mm-hmm. It's using God to get what I really want. It's using God to get an idol, which is either, it could be health, it could be wealth, it could be prosperity, whatever it is. And that goes the same um, for the person that, wants to give everything away and wants to be poor because they feel like they're not worthy and they miss Christ as well too, right? Yeah, you can go You can go to the opposite side of a poverty gospel of mm-hmm. only once I've totally been deprived of every good thing or every blessing, then I've, I've actually secured something better for me. So yeah. I think there's a way to go to the other side. I think it's a lot less common. Yeah. It is a lot less common. It has been through the history of the church, there's people that take vows of poverty and such. And um, to speak frankly, I, I think John Piper has a little bit of a poverty theology. Mm. Um, I, love, I love the brother. I've, I've read nearly every one of his books. I've gained a lot from him. But, and he, he takes, let me say this. He takes the warnings of Jesus and of scriptures and the scriptures over wealth and riches very seriously. Yeah. And I commend him for that. But he had, so like all of his amazing selling books before he retired, he gave all of the proceeds back to, back to the church. He, the church offered him raises and he turned them down. 
um, afraid of the deceitfulness of riches. And then his kid's bike would get stolen and they wouldn't have the money to replace the kid's bike, right? And I'm like, and to me, that that is falling off the horse on the other side. Yeah. And and that's why, again, another where, place where this, there's a seed of truth in this prosperity gospel. And this has been called uh, the Deuteronomic principle or Deuteronomic blessings. When I was in seminary, they called it the redemption and lift principle. And that is, listen, if you're living for yourself and you're living in the world, you're all, you're, you're probably going to be, have a higher propensity, especially as a man to use your money in dumb ways. Mm. So you go out and buy the new truck you know, you're, you're, you're looking fly all the time. You're buying all the new stuff. And then there's a downturn in the economy and you don't have anything saved up. Right. And what happens? You lose it all. Right. They come and repo the car and, and you lose it all. Well, when a person comes to Christ and they give Christ their life and they start giving financially to the church and they're taking, um, their whole life serious, they're trying to bring their whole life under the Lordship of Christ. Jesus has a lot to say about discipline. We have to discipline ourselves. We have to di be disciplined in our finances. We're giving 10%. Now I just can't spend everything. So I have to be really frugal and, 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 and uh, disciplined in my, in my financial arena of life. I'm going to be, it's going to, my relationship with Christ, I'm going to become a better worker. Why? Because I'm no longer working for my boss. I'm working for the Lord, yeah. doing everything for the Lord. So that means I'm going to be showing up on time. I'm not going to be taking unneeded time off. I'm not going to be cheating the system. I'm going to be more ethical. So, so I'm more ethical. I'm working harder. I'm not getting drunk. I'm not using drugs. All of those limit my potential, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm living this upward lifestyle. And what naturally happens is that guy or gal becomes more successful. Mm -hmm. Why? Because that's the way God made the world to work, mm -hmm. right? If you're lazy and you're, you know, sleeping through the harvest, well, you're not going to get out there and get, and get, and get paid like the guy who's up early and getting after it and working with, with the way God created the world, right? Mm -hmm. So there is this real sense that when a person comes to Christ, many times their life gets better. Yeah. They're redeemed, and then their life is lifted up out of that pit. And oftentimes that does have a financial, has financial ramifications to it, yeah. right? You're better with your money. You're more focused, more diligent at work. I mean, who, a guy wants to hire a Christian or a guy wants to hire a crackhead, right? Like we want to hire a Christian. You know, yeah. we know what kind of, hopefully what kind of work we're going to get out of that guy. Mm -hmm. So there is a real sense that following Jesus mm -hmm. can improve your life in many ways. Mm -hmm. There's also a real sense that Jesus heals people. Like we, we believe Jesus heals people. Yeah. So Jesus, and, and, and one sense we can say, man, we think it's God's will to heal you. Mm -hmm. we, we want to pray that you would be healed. We, Jesus showed us this in the gospels. There was never, I don't think in my mind, if I can remember one situation where someone wanted to be healed and they didn't get healed or raised from the dead, right? Obviously mm -hmm. Lazarus didn't get healed, but he got raised from the dead. So it is God's will in some sense yeah. to heal us, right? Yeah. But we also know God is God and we are not. And he has a secret will that we don't know anything about. And so it might be, our, might be God's will that we die and we get our new heaven, you know, our new body and, and the new creation. And he heals us on the other side of glory, yeah. right? So those are some of the pieces of the prosperity gospel. Mm -hmm. You know, the name it and claim it, 
the um, God wants you happy, healthy, wealthy, all this kind of stuff, the, the pursuit of riches and wealth, and just to ignore the warnings that you, if anybody loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him, mm-hmm. Jesus says, and prosperity gospel, just love the world, yeah. Yeah. right? And they see it as the bigger house you have, the be- better car you have, the more money in your bank account, the bigger your church, the more blessed you are. Mm. Which is funny because Jesus explicitly says, do not store up treasure on earth for yourself where moth and rust can destroy and where thieves can break in and steal. Right. Right. So Ed, I've been thinking as we've been sitting here, you mentioned in the beginning that they kind of teach you to, to take all of the verses on money. That's not quite true. They teach you to take all of the, the convenient verses. Yeah. The, all the verses that, that look like they promise. Yeah prosperity yeah the other thing and and i I just think it's important i think that that jesse duplantis guy you were talking about i want to say it was 2021 he went on a telethon and was telling he's raising money for himself of course and i think he said that uh, jesus hasn't come back yet because you haven't given enough money to me right and so just that that kind of mindset right i think it's important that we know but then what what kind of people are are typically drawn towards this mindset well so honestly i think almost anyone can be drawn into it especially in our materialistic day and age that that we live in um anybody who obviously if you grew up poor um if you're in poverty it's Mm -hmm. going to be even more attractive to you Mm -hmm. because poverty sucks you know like it's 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 terrible to not be able to pay your bills or not be able to afford a car or whatever it is that that's really difficult and that that's probably you know where I was I didn't I was raised middle class but then when I went to college and I got married early you know and I was in ministry I was broke I I was broke as a joke and uh, my first date with Amanda was 50 cent coffee at uh at Village Inn because that's what I could afford And I remember I went years without going to the movies, Mm -hmm. you know, without buying any new clothes. I shopped only at Goodwill, you know, like Mm -hmm. um, I I had a beater car and, you know, prayed that it would start in the winter, you Mm -hmm. know, and prayed that Mm -hmm. it would last and um, had no idea when it was going to die. Like, and so, yeah, it was appealing. Of course, I want to be healthy. Of course, I want to be wealthy. Of course, I want to be prosperous. And, and so you can convince yourself that, yeah, that's what, that's what it's all, that's what it's all about, which is just crazy now, but to say, but like the Bible is all about me getting wealthy, you know? So anyone in poverty, again, that's why it's so attractive to those in Kenya. Mm -hmm. And what's so damning about in Kenya, you know, these preachers, these people that have no jobs because they're living in the villages and these preachers are convincing them to give anything they've got to the church and the preachers are getting, you know, fat cat wealthy mm. while these, uh, these people are just further impoverished. Yeah. It's, it's awful. But again, I, I just think anybody, like if you're anybody who's, you know, the, has John, what is it? John who says that, you know, it's the, it's the lust of the eyes or the lust of the flesh the and the pride of life. Yeah. I think we're all prone to that. We all want to look good. We want to look successful. We want to, we desire good things. And so 
I don't think it's just those who grew up poor mm -hmm. who can be especially tempted to believe the prosperity gospel. It's those of us who are just worldly minded. Yeah. yeah. I think there's also a group of people that are probably well-intentioned. They, they wake up one morning and say, you know what, I need to I need to start taking my faith seriously. And they go to the bookstore. You go to a bookstore, you go to any, any place that's selling books, and you go to the Christian section. Mm -hmm. And you probably have like a one in three chance when you go pick up any random book that it's probably a prosperity gospel. Yep. There's a lot of material that's put out, um, a lot of books that are readily available that they grab it, they start reading it. I was like, oh, yeah, that sounds good. Or you turn on TV, start paying attention to TBN. Oh, that's a great, that's a great point right there. And you start listening to these guys. It's, it's really accessible stuff, and you don't know because there certainly there, there is a lot of Scripture that's being referenced. Like you take those, like you're saying, those passages that are extracted and sort of used out of context. And you go, oh, yeah, that sounds good, that sounds good. And, and people kind of unsuspectingly find themselves just bombarded with this prosperity gospel theology. And before you know it, they, they like full on subscribe to this stuff. Yeah. So TBN, the Trinity Broadcasting Network was founded by, um, I think his name is Phil, Phil and Jan Crouch. And they were full on prosperity gospel people. She's got a, like a cartoon character. If you ever saw like the woman with big hair and horrible makeup. And I mean, that's the other thing is like, so many of these preachers, oh, Paula White is a no popular one. She was an advisor to President Trump. If you didn't know that, she was her evangelical advisor. Mm. I've been to her church, full-on prosperity gospel. Now, and here's the deal. They're worldly people. Mm -hmm. So nearly all, so many of them have had facial surgeries. They've had breast implants. They've had, I mean, they're... They're caught up in just straight up worldliness. Paula yeah. White divorced her husband. Rumor is she's had, you know, rumor is she was having a, multiple affairs. Um, they're worldly people caught up in the world's way of doing things. And because they're good communicators and they can, you know, grab a verse and take it out of context and then they stir up your emotions and mm -hmm. they stir, and they, it's basically giving you what you want if, mm -hmm. in your flesh. Mm -hmm. It's giving you what you want. And, and you, if you look at these people, they have broken homes. Many of their families don't love Jesus. Their children don't love Jesus. They run away from the faith. Um, Benny Hinn's nephew, who grew up in that whole thing, he, thank God, um, got converted out of it. And he is now, his name is Costi Hinn. And he's written books about the, the, the heresy of prosperity gospel. Mm. And supposedly he's even, his his uncle Benny Hinn has even repented um, of his preaching of the prosperity gospel. Wow. So we see people, so it's just, it's just the worldly way of doing things, man. Yeah, it just appeals to the flesh. There, and there's not really a call of repentance in this prosperity gospel. It's come, come get what you want, but there's no faith, repentance, conviction over sin. A lot of times it's just, Hey, just change what you do with your money a little bit, point in our direction. Mm -hmm. And then things start to fall in place for you. So there's no real alignment to, like Christ the Lord, the, the commander of my life. And so I get to really stay in charge of my life and do what I want. I, I get to keep my own pursuits intact. It's not Jesus's mission. It's not his desire in my life. I still get to control all of that stuff. And that, talking about worldly people, I mean, that's when you're convicted over your sin, when you have the spirit work in your heart in that way, you want, you want to get on board with what Jesus is doing and not keep doing the things that you are doing and use Jesus as a stepping stone to get what, or where you want to go or what you want from him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just think about the gospel. Uh, you know, 
when they present the gospel, it's basically come to Jesus and he'll give you everything you want. It's a genie in the bottle type of God, right? Mm -hmm. And there is no place for deny yourself. There is no place for take up your cross mm -hmm. and follow me. There is no place that Jesus will call you into some field that you didn't expect or he'll call you to be a missionary or he'll, you know, there's, there's none of that. Yeah. Um, it's just everything that you, before Christ, everything that you wanted, health, wealth, and success, Jesus will give it to you. Yeah. Mm. He'll push you further, faster. And it's just idolatry. It's idolatry, mm. you know, covered by a thinly veiled um, version of Christianity. And it's, it's very sad. Yeah. It's very sad. Yeah. So prosperity gospel, it can lead to cults for sure, mm -hmm. but it is, uh, it's a heresy. Yep. It's a heresy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Any other questions or thoughts on that guys? That's good. I think that's good. Okay. All right, guys. Thank you for listening this far in the podcast. If you have any questions, you can email me at justindean at sacredcitychurch.com. We love you guys. We're praying for you. God bless. Thank you.